the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Like Bob on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Live. And welcome again to Bob Bernie Live. Um, yesterday, I spent just a couple of minutes on a car guy thing. The DeLorean is coming back. Yeah, the, the company who bought the DeLorean name and all that, they're going to bring back the DeLorean. They're going to start producing them again, but this time they're going to be electric. Well, here's another fascinating car story that would might be of interest even if you're not a car person. There is a ship loaded with well over 1,000 cars in the North Atlantic. Porsches, and many of them custom-ordered Porsches for Americans waiting for their custom-ordered Porsche, uh, Volkswagens, but also Bentleys. And the ship is on fire and drifting out in the middle of the Atlantic. The uh, cargo hold uh, was, there was a fire in the cargo hold. We don't know what caused it. Uh, But the fire got serious enough, the crew members couldn't put it out, and they have evacuated the ship. Uh, Good news is all the crew members have been rescued out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And right now, as we speak, the ship is just burning out in the middle of the Atlantic with, um, well, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of cars, some of them Again, special order exotic cars. Now, there's a spiritual lesson there, folks. Uh, In reading the article, I uh, came across uh, some of the individuals who have uh, been waiting for these cars. One individual, I think I could be wrong, but I think he was in New Jersey. He has been waiting for over a year. He ordered a special edition of a Porsche, and uh, uh, he ordered it. It would be I, I I don't again I don't know what the special edition was, special equipment, all that. And he ordered well over a year ago, and then he was told it's on the boat, it's on its way. And then he got a phone call from his local Porsche dealer where he ordered the car. And they said, uh, well, we, we, uh, we've, we've got some bad news. The uh, ship that your uh, Porsche is on is on fire. Um, it is highly unlikely that any of those automobiles will um, survive. I mean, even if, even if the fire is put out, smoke damage and so on and so forth, and it's again it is just an illustration it's stuff it is just 
stuff. That's all it is. It's just stuff. I, I, I had quite an epiphany several years ago. And I've shared this, I think, once on the air, but it's been years ago. And if you heard it, you've probably forgotten it. But I mentioned yesterday I'm a car guy. My dad was a car guy. Uh, I grew up on used car lots, new car lots. Uh, and I also grew up visiting junkyards. Oh, yeah. Oh, I spent a good part of my childhood in junkyards because my dad, not only was he a mechanic, he was what they used to call a body and fender man. He's the guy that fixed wrecks. And back then, um, the cars weren't plastic and aluminum and so forth. They straightened them out, filled them with lead. And my dad was a master with sculpting lead. Well, anyway, anyway, uh, we always had a wrecked car in our garage that he was working on. So uh, we did a lot of hanging out at junkyards. Uh, So I'm very familiar with walking down the aisles of junkyards with cars piled up, you know, 10, 20, 30 feet on each side as you walk through. But a few years ago here in Ohio, I needed a part for a car and couldn't find it anywhere else. So I went to a junkyard. And I'm walking through the junkyard, nothing new. Again, I've done that hundreds of times in my life. But here's what hit me. I mean, it was powerful. It really was powerful. I looked over to my right, and there was a pile of flattened cars. You know what they do. They put them in those machines, and they flatten them like a pancake. And I noticed a Lincoln Continental, a Cadillac, And what was the other one? I don't remember now, but three cars that when they were new were very expensive, very expensive. Lincoln Continental, Cadillac, and whatever the other one was. And I looked up, and it was flat. Glass had been broken out. The engine had been pulled out. And it was just a twisted, flattened hunk of metal. And here was was the epiphany. At one time, that car was probably somebody's dream. Now, here's where my sanctified imagination kicked in, and I can't prove this, obviously. But I thought, I wonder if the person who owned that Lincoln or the person who owned that Cadillac, I wonder if they worked so hard in order to purchase that luxury automobile that they neglected their family, neglected their marriage, neglected their kids, worked long, hard hours. Is it possible that they might have even compromised their health Because they had to buy that Cadillac or that Lincoln because it was a status symbol. Again, I'm using my sanctified imagination. But I just imagined that car when that owner picked it up. Shiny, new, expensive, luxurious And they got into that car, put the key in the ignition, because back then, obviously, everybody had keys. They didn't have fobs back then. Put the key in the ignition, 
pulled out of that dealership and thought, man, I have arrived. I have arrived. Because, hey, I, I come from the time to today to own a Lincoln or a Cadillac is no big deal. Lots of people have Lincolns and Cadillacs. But when I was growing up, hey, if you had a Cadillac or a Lincoln, whoo, you you had arrived. And so I just tried to imagine the individual who first purchased that car and first drove off the dealer's lot and all of their thoughts. And now it's a piece of junk. It's a piece of junk flattened and worth the amount of the metal. They flatten those out. They send it to a recycling center. They weigh the car and they pay a few dollars for what the metal is worth. And I just remember being overwhelmed with a sense stuff in this world is just not worth anything. It's just stuff. We are to focus on eternal things. I have known some very, very poor people who were the richest people I ever knew. I have met people in Africa living in a hut with a thatched roof and a dirt floor who cooked on an open fire in the middle of that hut, wealthy beyond measure, because they had turned from paganism and idolatry, and they were now following Christ, and they were filled with joy and peace and happiness because they knew Jesus. From a purely human standpoint, living absolutely in abject poverty, and yet wealthy beyond measure. On the other hand, I have known some incredibly wealthy people who are some of the poorest people I've ever known. No peace, no joy, no contentment, no satisfaction, because all of their emphasis is on obtaining more and more and more. So there's a ship of uh, Bentleys and Porsches burning out in the Atlantic. And uh, if that's the dream of the people who have ordered those cars, they're going to learn very quickly that their dream could be a nightmare. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Live. Can I, uh, can I issue a friendly warning to uh, churches? To be very careful, be very, very cautious in getting involved in the political arena. I'm not talking about individuals. Although I would issue a warning 
If you are more devoted to political issues and political candidates than you are to your local church and to Jesus Christ, you got a serious problem. May I repeat that? If you are more involved with political causes or a political candidate than you are in your local church, you got a problem. But to churches, be careful, be cautious about in being involved in political issues. Well, Bob, should we speak out about abortion? Uh, yeah, uh, that's not a political issue. That's a spiritual, biblical issue. Life, the abortion issue, is a biblical issue. Now, it's politicians and politics get involved in it, but ultimately, that's a moral issue. That's a biblical issue. And of course, a church should take a biblical stand on abortion. What about marriage? Again, that is not a political issue. Now, I realize the politicians have redefined marriage and made it a political issue, but ultimately, that is a biblical spiritual issue. And yes, a Bible-believing church should make sure that they are absolutely clear on what God says about marriage. What about the gender issues, male-female sexuality and so forth? Again, those are ultimately political issues. Those are biblical issues. And of course, Pastors, preachers, churches should be involved in that. But we got to be careful. Just recently, it was um, discovered that a large number of well-known evangelical leaders were, well, basically used by the NIH, National Institute of Health, political organization, government organization, uh, Fauci and the guy who resigned, I can't remember his name and it's not important, but a large number of very prominent evangelical leaders were used as tools by the U.S. government concerning masks and vaccination. Now, if you have any bit of objectivity at all, you know that there is enormous controversy about the science, the data, about both masks and vaccines. It's great controversy. And the science is not settled. It isn't. Good people, reasonable people, intelligent people are on different sides of the issue. And those are issues that the church in my opinion, shouldn't be involved in. And as I read through the list of evangelical pastors who had private meetings with the NIH government authorities, and they were told, hey, you gotta, you got to tell your congregation to wear masks. you got to do that. you got to tell them from the pulpit that they're pleasing God when they wear a mask. And I was just, I was heartsick. I was. I was just... I was just heartsick because that's not a biblical issue. It, it, it isn't. It just it's it's not a biblical issue. Now that's the evangelical world. 
Then the far left, theologically. I came across this article, the headline, Christians who oppose face masks have spirit of Antichrist, AME elder and Columbia professor claims. Story is about Obery M. Hendricks. He is an ordained elder in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. He's an adjunct professor of religion at Columbia University in New York, and he is a self-described democratic socialist. Yeah. Democratic socialists have written a bunch of books and so on. In a recent interview, he said that anybody who did not wear masks was demonstrating the spirit of Antichrist. He went further. Quote, these folks are not fulfilling their gospel responsibility. They're violating it. What? Wearing a mask is a gospel responsibility? Are you kidding me? He went on. They're spitting in the face of it. It's anti-biblical. It's anti-Christian. And I'll go farther. What we see reflected in their attitudes and their actions and their pronouncements is what First John calls the spirit of Antichrist. And then he gets more specific. When we look again at these conservatives, these right-wingers that talk about, you're infringing on my freedom by having me wear a mask, they don't understand that they're violating the biblical principle of responsibility for our brothers and sisters. Well, I think the evangelicals who partnered with the government on this whole mass thing with questionable science, I think they were wrong. I think this guy is wrong as well. Yeah, we have crazy things going on the right and on the left. First and foremost, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.